Friends, in today's episode of Monday Morning Book Review, we have a book review that may require some parental discretion. This review helps to explain a sensitive topic that is presented in this book. This is an excellent book and worthy of being reviewed in our opinion. But, mamas, if you have little ones around, you may wish to save this one for another time. Hello! You are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Monday Morning Book Review. Hold My Hand and Run, a Plumfield and Paideia book review originally posted by Sarah Masaryk on May 18th, 2023. I discovered English author Margaret McAllister through her Mist Mantle Chronicles books. Those beautiful books have become a favorite series in my home and my lending library. In fact, I love them so much that I named my dog Cedar in honor of one of the characters we meet starting in book two. I have since read as many of her other books as I can get my hands on here in the United States. While interviewing McAllister last fall, she told me that she thought I would really enjoy and appreciate one of her first novels, Hold My Hand and Run. And she was right. In our interview, one of the things we talked about was how she presented serious topics to children. She allows our children to wrestle with things that are scary or maybe a little traumatic and unsettling. She enables our children to be stretched and to grow, but she never abuses them. She never violates our trust. She calls these storylines growth rings, like you would find in a tree. I love that imagery. And I love how much she loves our children. Parents may wish to know that this book, Hold My Hand and Run, offers some growth rings for our children. I confess, when I saw the cover of this book, I had the one with the flames on the cover, and read the jacket description, I did not think that I would like this book. However, I took McAllister's word for it, and I ordered a copy from the UK since I couldn't find any here in the US. Once it arrived, however, it took me a while to actually want to read it. Whatever I was expecting, I was wrong. And, you guessed it, McAllister was right. This book deals with a challenging topic, child abuse. Absolutely nothing happens on scene. And when we enter into the story, the girls are in the act of running away from the abuser. People with trauma or family wounds in this area may wish to be more careful with this one. That said, I do think that this book is quite safe for the regular reader, and it's elegant and beautiful. Setting it in the 17th century probably helps quite a bit. Instead of thinking of a modern child whom the saddled aunt is abusing, it reads a little bit more like a fairy tale more of a Cinderella story than something you might see on TV as an after-school special. Quote, 
There is always love. Always in the tangle and beyond it. End quote. Thirteen-year-old Casey's father was a good and hard-working clergyman. Her mother died in childbirth, leaving Canon Walter Clare grief-stricken, but unwilling to send his daughter to live with relatives. Five years later, when he fell in love with and married a sweet, lively, and good country girl, the family was whole and happy again. They were even happier when Beth was born. Six years later, however, Walter was taken ill after caring for a sick parishioner. Eliza nursed her husband back to health, but in doing so, she contracted a fever and died. Ken and Claire's grief was all-consuming. To help manage the household, Ken and Claire's sister, Frances Latimer, moves into the vicarage. Aunt Latimer was a small-minded, exacting, and cruel woman who used a birch rod freely on the children's arms, backs, and legs for any childish mistakes. When the story opens, it is very early in the morning, and Casey is sneaking into Aunt Latimer's bedroom so she can reclaim her mother's house keys. The previous day, Aunt Latimer had used her infamous birch rod on both girls liberally, and Casey could no longer stand to watch her baby sister be hit. Casey wants to reclaim just a few of her own things Aunt Latimer has locked away, and then she plans to smuggle Beth to the safety of more friendly relatives. It pains Casey to leave her father, but Ken and Claire cannot be shaken out of his grief to see the harm that is happening to his girls. Casey and Beth escape the vicarage and make the arduous trek to Beth's mother's country relatives. Along the way, the girls encounter friends and foes, and when they reach Beth's family, things are quite dire. They have a short respite, but Aunt Latimer is in pursuit and the girls are forced to flee again this time making the much longer and more dangerous flight to Colliwall Cross, where Beth's mother was loved. It is impossible for the girls to get to Colliwall Cross easily. They need food, shelter along the way, and help. When the girls reach Abbey St. Andrew, they are starving and exhausted. By luck, they meet their cousin in Abbey St. Andrew, and Will helps them to find a job as housemaids and companions to an older woman who is in mental decline. The work is impossibly hard, but it does mean food and shelter for a time. But even that takes an unfortunate turn, and the girls are on the road again. In the end, all turns out very well. Not a sappy ending but a true one. Love does conquer all, but love demands sacrifice and some suffering. The story is beautifully told and quite unlike most other stories offered to our young people. If this were not out of print and hard to find in the U.S., I would clamor to do it as a book club with my library patrons. Typical of McAllister's writing, the language is elegant and powerful. The story is deep, interesting, and authentic. No abuse happens on scene in this story, and when it is referenced, it is done in a way that does not harm our children. Young readers are in very safe hands with Margaret McAllister. And I was relieved to find a prettier cover. 
go ahead and take a look at our website to see both the Flames cover and the one that I like better. 